So welcome to episode 39 of the Request 2021 podcast. This is going out middle of August 2022 and it's entitled Voyage Summary and Sarah. Now our expedition leader, one of the guides, uh, Sarah Gerritz, um, she, I can't speak highly enough of her, um, she along with the other guides were just fantastic. Um, and uh, we've got her giving a summary overview of the whole voyage. So uh, I recorded that at the end of our voyage. And this is then followed by a fascinating request interview with Sarah herself, sharing her incredible experiences of the polar regions. behind us us, and started sailing through the Beagle Channel. In the evening to afternoon started to be a little bit of dark, dark clouds, uh, heavy weather, (laughs) even some wind, which allows us also to even before we were out of the Beagle to put up the sails and start sailing from the Beagle. Very nice um, evening, some evening lights and sails up. Yes, on the way, that first evening, which also would turn into the new year. Oh, yeah. Yes, wow. which for many, maybe for the first time in your life, went by quite unnoticed. At the exact moment, <laughs> <laughs> the new year, there were a lot of other things that were more important, which I think is quite a special experience. You, just, you go to sleep, you wake up in a new year, without that mm. being the biggest event at that moment. Mm. The biggest event was a drink. Bigger than the new year. For all of us in different ways, some a bit more pleasant, some a bit (laughs) But we would all get used to that almost. Get used to that. And during that first day and two days we had very nice wind. We were still on the on the east of the low pressure and we had this northerly winds coming and we could really sail well down south. So there we were on the way, still hoping that we would be able to keep that place on the east of the low. But well, we all know that that was not exactly what happened. So we came, uh, well, you're still sailing down. You also see on the, on the sail sailing with the wind from the north. And more. That's a great, That's a great photo show. Yes. Yeah, that page is um, And then we came into this much, much calmer uh, moment where we entered a bit as the low was passing over us and then the winds came back from the south. I do not have too many photos of that because I felt like I never want to do this again. (laughs) Uh, But of course that always passes. Here we're still, then we changed course and we were going towards the east in the direction of Elephant Island, still like 
not knowing should we maybe go to the Weddell Sea, will we go to the peninsula, we didn't know. The wind was going to decide and then at one point the wind indeed decided and we came to our first land but also our first iceberg. We came here all the way on the eastern part of the South Shetlands. We came and we went to a place called Penguin Island. That was our first stop. By then also things on board had changed uh, quite a bit. We had a full stop in cabin one for a bit. Um, I have not included photos from that. That's your private, <laughs> private landing <laughs> that you had there. But here also that you were on deck seeing this iceberg and this is the moment that we then went to Penguin Island where on the 5th of January I think it was we had our first landing there on top of the volcano first time ever that the whole group managed to come up this volcano and walk around it uh, it was really a pleasure being on land with all of you and walking and doing all these landings and hikes very smooth and a lot was possible. So there we were up there on top of that uh, beautiful volcano where we were. Um, snow as if we were, I think actually there we were one of the first persons that has been there this year. There were absolutely no, no footsteps in the snow. It was all open for us at least for me as the first one and we all walked around that volcano then we left here penguin island this was also the day that it was 100 years ago that shackleton died and we had the ceremony mm -hmm. at that moment everything calmed down after all this this wind on the drake it completely calmed down and we were sailing the Brentsfield straits very very calm smooth seas going towards the west because then we went all the way from here, from the east of the South Shetlands, we went to our next place, which was Deception Island. There we um, arrived in the morning, and many of you were up in the mast as we sailed in. A very nice view. It was also nice weather, calm again, so that we were up in the mast for really long, sailing in, and you had this beautiful overview of the whole island. We went to Telephone Bay where it looks a bit uh, <coughs> like the moon at moments, on that, again, a volcano, but very different, not this red, but this blackish gray landscape that we had wow. there wow. Up in Telephone wow. Bay. That we have seen yeah. from yeah. on top. Yeah. Remember, it's yeah. a long time ago, but you were standing on top there and then and looking at the uh, at the ship, of course, as we did many, many times, looking back at the ship. We're back to Lodi looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> and then down again, because we uh, went back to the ship and further on to Whalers Bay. Here, Hector Whaling Station, you know uh, all about it now, what was happening <laughs> there. Hector Whaling Station, but of course also <laughs> Neptune's window, where we walked up and where we had this very wow. nice view to this black beach. At one point there was even like one single pinion standing on the beach where we then had this, uh, was it evening? Yeah, it was an evening landing that we had there. Why is the beach so black? Why the yeah. beach is so black? Because it's basalt sands made from the dark basaltic rocks. Yeah. Oh, okay. mm. Thank you, Basalt sands made from the dark basaltic rocks. Here. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There. 
And then we left Deception Island and had this beautiful kind of sunset without really the sun, seeing the sun going down with this very nice colors. Wow. Yeah. A bit of drama uh, going from Deception the whole night going down to Trinity Island and Spurt Island where we then the next morning came to the Iceberg Graveyard. In the morning was kind of a little bit wild, there was wind and we took the whole day, I think we also started fishing for some krill and we caught a krill. And well, in the morning there was some wind and we went on a really long zodiac tour, like a, a, a really long one, <laughs> because I had this idea to go in between, here we go, we found an entrance in between the, the, um, the little islands that there were, but it took us a long way around. Luckily we had planned the whole day for that. Um, because we saw this beautiful iceberg, mm -hmm. not all of you have seen this one, it was far away, but no. you saw other things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this beautiful iceberg in the zodiac and then back to the Europa. By the afternoon it had calmed down completely, the weather had changed, it was calm again, and then for the ones that were in the afternoon there was this calm, much calmer uh, moment of the zodiac cruise. That was also the day Snoopy didn't work so you got even a later cruise when it was a bit calmer again and oh that one will come later there was another iceberg that mm. we then so in the evening we went on to Shervakov we went to the glacier still now approaching looking at the mainland we were going here to Shervakov and that is then where we spent the evening with this very nice evening light quite close to the glacier and also with a lot, well, at least a bit of wow. ice around oh. us. Next morning, here, Graham Passage, where are we? Here. We went on from Shervakov all the way to Graham Passage. It was a little bit early, maybe? Yeah, it was. So not everyone was up, but a very nice morning um, where we then went through this passage on the way to Gouverneuren, Föhn Harbor, Enterprise Island. There we came to Gouverneuren, to the ship, and we spent some time with this. Uh, with this ship, I always really like it when um, to be so close to it with mm. Europa. I think it's the only ship that mm. does this. None mm. of the But then we spent some time and then we went on through Wilhelmina Bay. Completely calm, mm. lots of ice, beautiful afternoon mm. going towards Orna Harbor and the first continental landing, which we managed to do. Luckily, it was a bit of pressure from Paul, but that worked. Pressure. No, sorry, sorry. Um, Enthusiasm. Desire. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. There was Encouragement. There was clearly defined desire. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That was meant in a positive way. Okay. But we <laughs> managed, indeed, to go up to Orna Harbor. We walked up. Sorry. And then um, on top there, there were the ginstrap penguins with their chicks as well. It was so sunny. Um, here you see the penguins and then down in that bay is the place where you all had, or many of you had the first nice swim in between the ice in Orna Harbor. But that was not even the end of the day. We continued to Pooferville Island where we had a very nice calm evening landing and that light there, even with the moon, here with the moon coming 
very nice evening landing there with a penguin into my 35 millimeter lens coming mm -hmm. on shore um, before we then went back 10 o'clock as Antarctica closes. And after this very sunny day, the next morning waking up suddenly to a completely different world. This would be the day that we were planning to go through Le Maire. <laughs> Already at uh, early in the morning we were at Eclipse Point, where we were going through this narrow passage, and then we woke up suddenly a lot of snow, which, um, well, maybe didn't give the, the best view of Le Maire Channel, but definitely a very specific, beautiful view. So there we, um, there we were, in Le Maire, in the snow. <laughs> All of you outside, um, well, here, you know, behind, <laughs> but in Le Mer and going south, thinking like, okay, now we're going to Winter Island. Le Mer, quite open, not that much ice. Of course, we're going to reach Vernatsky Station, even though we couldn't come there, uh, visit there, but that was not how things turned out. We <laughs> met some ice. We did our best, we managed to break a good bit of ice. Um, we managed to push a good bit of ice, but in the end, the nicest thing to do seemed to just stay Party. there. <laughs> That's what we did. We turned off the engine in the evening and we stayed in the ice. I think we had Even a seal on the ice. <laughs> what? I think we had something to eat also. Yes, <laughs> yes. It was a really coincidence that we also just had planned, uh, or well, the galley also just had planned a very nice braai. That's a good moment. And as we knew that we were not really stuck, but that we could nicely hang out there in this very special situation, we decided to be in the ice. Wow. It started snowing again, and we were nicely enjoying that uh, view all around us, being out on our nice party celebration that night. Somewhere in the night, somehow, Eric and Nina managed to get out of the ice and we went on further south, that worked out, we went further south and then we came to the day where there was not only a lot of ice but also a lot of snow. We spent it close to the Bertelow Islands, uh, but then we stopped by ice close to Jalur, even setting foot on Jalur, but not too far, not too long, there was the first time that we really met a lot of snow. Here, but uh, driving, looking for water, uh, trying to land on Jalur, a lot of ice that day, nice icebergs, it was Zodiac cruise, and then also a short, short landing here on Jalur Island where we could see all the Adeli penguins um, over there. And the mosses, of course, yeah, the mosses that are the reason why we can only walk in the snow, but then at the same time had to not walk too much. That was Jalur. In, um, in the evening then we went up and we went to a place called Port Charcot where we will be spending the next day. Walking up to that monument, I think I'm sure you remember that very calm day, all the way up there and then here the monument staying there nicely, always looking back at the ship, there's so many photos of the ship, but here in Port Charcot with the penguins where we also then spent the afternoon. When the light got very, very hazy, you had to swim here as well, the light started to be very hazy and light, and this is where we met these fantastic icebergs and where we were cruising around in the afternoon, meeting icebergs and 
leopard seals as well and Europa. Again, they're in the distance and two kilometers on top of the iceberg. Here, the leopard seal. Very light, very hazy. And then we went um, up again. We went north uh, through the mer. Another look on the mer there. A bit more than we had seen the first time going down. And we ended up in Port Lockloy, where we luckily, well, could welcome uh, Axel and Alan back on, well, welcome back, welcome on land, which was the Port Lockloy. Here, the tiny, tiny island with the, with the base, and where we visited, without anyone being present, Port Lockloy. Very nice day, the favorite woman of the, of the house, the galley, of course. And the afternoon then came well, snow, <laughs> deep snow, hard work, yeah. and also very nice memories of that moment. Snow, 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 walking, walking, uh, Europa and the blue. Damoihut, that was there. One more day now before we start heading back to the Drake, a little bit of trail fishing, of course. And then through Neumeyer Channel, we went on to the next day, Paradise Harbor, where we spent the morning nicely with the Zodiacs. Fantastic morning, completely calm. All these reflections that were there. Uh, nice cruising there in Paradise Harbor. And in the afternoon, we even made it to Nico Harbor for a very nice last landing before we would be heading back north again. Yeah. One of my, uh, there you all, no, that's a penguin. <laughs> 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 and here, the glacier front, this wow. view from the top, mm. down yeah. to the glacier, down to the ship, and also the view to the north, because this is when we are heading out, back mm. to the Drake. The first day, a lot of snow uh, on deck, <coughs> not much wind, but snow, and here we start going again. Well. Was quite uh, quite lots of sailing is going now. You all remember. Was quite calm for a while. You see, we have all the sails ready, but waiting for the wind. And so we are waiting. In the beginning, the, the nights are starting to get darker. We're starting to get north again. And then in the end, also here, that very nice wind is coming, and we can sail <coughs> full speed, very fast back. North, there you are sailing under full sail. That's just a few days ago. <laughs> it starts to be, uh, wow. well, it was quite some, wow. some movement then. We were going very fast um, and we made it then nicely and well to Cape Horn, Great. which we could even yeah. see for a moment. <laughs> We were expecting to arrive in, in complete darkness, so we didn't right. think that we could actually see it. But as we were making 10, 11, I think up to 14 at the moment knots, we then suddenly it opened mm. up and we it was still light and we could see Cape Horn, mm. at least we mm. could see a bit of it. There was Cape Horn. And then a totally unexpected, extra, very nice yeah. day home at uh, Matthew's place here. The bones, the whales, the grass, the green, and of course, the meat. <laughs> yes, and what happened after we all wow. know. It was just yesterday evening, and here we are, back in Ushuaia. 
back where we started. Okay. Yeah. So next up is our Request 2021 interview with Sarah. Now Sarah was our expedition leader on the Bark Europa voyage and uh, she gives a fascinating talk about her incredible experiences in the polar regions. There are seven questions. Yes. The first question is just tell us about yourself. Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am Sarah. Mm -hmm. Sarah. I have been working on board the Bark Europa for the last seven years as a guide and expedition leader. Um, if I'm not working on the Bark Europa, I work mainly on other ships in the Arctic, in the high Arctic, and that is where I live as well. Uh -huh. So I live on Spitsbergen. So Spitsbergen is in Norway. Norway. It okay. well not exactly. It uh. is governed by Norway, but it's situated between the very north of Norway and the North Pole. Oh, okay. So at seventy eight. So it really is north. Arctic. It's yeah, the yeah. the northernmost so they call Ushuaia, uh -huh. where we are heading now, the end of the world. Right. Or the city at the end of the world. Yeah. The city at the other end of the world is Longyearbyen, okay. and that is where I live. Oh wow! So there I've been living for the last ten years. Uh -huh. uh, I ended up there quite by accident. <laughs> I'd never heard of the place, but always had been longing north. And right. I studied uh, in Iceland for a while. I studied in Finland for a while. Uh huh. And then I ended up there ten years ago, and that is how I started. So you're tour guide on boats there as well. Yes. And ships there as well. Yes. Oh, okay. I am. Yeah. Yeah. My background is entirely different. That is in well, not entirely different. My background is in arts. Oh wow! So that's what I was always um, occupied with. Okay. What I was doing before I started working on ships. Yeah. Uh, what's, your, what's your specialism in art? Uh, mainly performance, performance video, photo. Okay. So the new media, yeah. but always yeah. performed, staged. Okay. Excellent. Um, yeah. So I studied uh, in Finland. I studied time and space, uh -huh. which of course is quite the same as guiding. Yeah, this is why you're so confident standing up in front of everyone. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Well, that comes with a job. That's but then great. when I moved to, to Spitsbergen, mm -hmm. so when I moved up north, then I started um, then I started guiding. Mm -hmm. And it has just been growing and growing. Okay. With, uh, so where did you grow up, grow up and go to school? And... In Belgium. In Belgium? Yeah, I was okay. born in Holland. Uh -huh. I grew up in Belgium. And then when I was 18, I started moving around. Yeah. Studying here, studied, well, studied in Amsterdam, studied in Iceland, in, in uh, Finland for some years. Wow. Always moving around, yeah. looking for <laughs> my place to live. Then I decided to settle down in Brussels. Yeah. I had just completed a PhD in art, so uh -huh. it was the perfect moment, perfect place. I was going to be there. And then um, it, I happened to move to Spitsbergen. And then I just fell in love with Spitsbergen. Uh, yeah. yeah. So then I. When I came to Spitsbergen, after many, many years just mm -hmm. looking around and trying to find a place, then I found my home. Yeah, and that's your sort of spiritual home. Yeah, oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you yeah. know, you're, you're meant to be there. 
Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, except when you're there. here. <laughs> well, I still yeah. miss it. Yeah, of course. We, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. this is the time that it's winter over you're there. You couldn't be further away from home. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, I mean, everything in between mm -hmm. there and here is further away. Of Even course. though this is very far, it's similar. Yeah. So when I come to Buenos Aires and I have to change airports, then I'm lost. Yes. Then I'm like, yes. oh, Whoa. what is this? <laughs> but here it's, uh, it is similar again. It okay. does feel like home. But, okay. uh, but of course, no. Over there, it's deep winter, uh -huh. dark polar nights, and that uh, always going from the midnight sun to the midnight sun to the midnight sun is sometimes a bit yeah, a bit strange. So in that sense, I miss it. <laughs> yeah, to be in the dark. Cool. Yeah. So that's resume. That's R in our request. So that's the R. The E is your earliest polar memory. So your first memories of Antarctica when you first saw from it. From Antarctica? Yeah, when you first saw it. Oh, that was magic. Because the, the first voyage I made, so I was guiding on board tall ships in the Arctic. Uh -huh. And one day I got a message from one of the captains from the Europa asking mm -hmm. if I wanted to come and join as a guide. Yeah. It had happened through a, a guest that I had on board in the Arctic that had been here and said, ask Sarah. So yeah. I just got a very simple message, do you want to come? I said, yes. Had no idea. You made the decision there and then. Yeah, 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 yeah straight, straight away. away. I just yeah. said yes. Yeah. I think I got a message in at the end of the year and then I was arriving in late February. So, but, but I just said yes, I come. <laughs> but I had never seen the ship. I had never seen um, Antarctica. <laughs> You'd never seen the ship? Either? Never seen no. the ship, no, oh. absolutely not. So did you then watch YouTube and... <laughs> well, I read about the yeah, winds, yeah. obviously, um, and then I came to Punta Arenas, we were leaving from Chile. Uh, from, from Chile, yeah. Yeah, so I came, I found the ship and came on board and we started sailing. And then just as we were about to pass Cape Horn, um, the captain asked me, so Sarah, how are your sea legs? And I said, oh, oh I had been sailing in the Arctic yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah. So I said, they're fine. Oh no. <laughs> then we passed Cape Horn and we had to get out an extra sail from the forepeak. So I passed Cape Horn, yeah. we went down in the forepeak and that's when I started. Oh. And I didn't stop until we reached Antarctica. I was completely you out. had a really bad voyage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, oh I couldn't God. function. I hadn't yet learned to function with yeah, yeah. Like yeah, now yeah. I... I get seasick, but I can function yeah, yeah. and I can yeah, continue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at that time, I hadn't oh, learned it yet, <laughs> so I was I was sick for the yeah. whole voyage. And then one day, I saw a rock, the first rock of Antarctica. Uh huh. Uh huh. Everything calmed down. Yeah. I got up on my legs again, yeah. and I never forget that first rock. Uh, As in that whole voyage south, it yeah. felt like. It was a the rest of my life would be like that. Oh, that's so special. And then coming to yeah. Antarctica, this way. Was that South Shetlands or was that? That was South Shetlands. South Shetlands was that your was first South view. South Shetlands, yes. Yeah. 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 One of the rocks there. It's yeah. very strange seeing it for the first time. Now I can say I've seen it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone I've interviewed up to now. <laughs> yes. I, I, I hadn't seen, I hadn't been <laughs> myself. So it's really nice to interview someone when I actually know what about Antarctica. Yes, so. yeah. yeah, but I never forget that first rock uh, after so many days. Oh, and where, can you remember exactly where it was? Um, yes, yeah. it was, well, the first landing we made was yeah. Fort Point, uh -huh. where we haven't uh -huh. been there now, no. but then we must have come in between the islands. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we must have come in the English Straits between Greenwich Island and Robert Island. Okay. But by then I didn't know. No, I had to learn no. still. And then how long were you there that first time? Was it a normal Bark Europa sort of 10, no, 10 was, days? No, it was Cape to Cape. Oh, right. So okay. we went, we were not that long in Antarctica, mm -hmm. but then we sailed on to South Georgia and Tristan and Cape oh, Town. Okay. So that was my so first experience. So you've seen the wildlife of South Georgia as well? Yes. Yeah, oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so that would really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to go to South Georgia as well. It's the... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like Antarctica is fantastic, yeah, but yeah. South Georgia is for the a wildlife. very special yeah, place. Yeah. For the wildlife yeah, and for the combination of, like it's very green mm -hmm. and there's lots of vegetation, but then you also have these huge blue glaciers coming down. Wow. It's a combination that I that you don't see anywhere mm -hmm. else. I recommend it. I did an interview with uh, the, uh, the woman who is the government manager of South Georgia. Yes, with Recommend Sarah. Uh, what's her name? No, it's not Sarah. Not Sarah. Okay, no. she's the Antarctic she, heritage. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Vicky. Vicky oh, Costa. Yeah. 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 So I did an interview with Vicky. Yeah, yeah. she works for the government there. Yeah. Yeah. She was very nice. She lives there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so we've done R, E, earliest memory, Q. Right. This Q. is special for you as well. So. Our special question for this podcast, Q, is if you could go back in time and you could meet Sir Ernest Shackleton, what would you want to ask him? What question would you want to ask him? Well, well it's a bit of a big question, but I've always wondered why he decided to, to after not having reached, or after having made the decision to turn back from the South Pole, mm -hmm. why it seemed logical to try and cross the whole continent. Mm. I've always wondered about that. How he made that decision yes, to go from one, how he came, one I mean, to It's the understandable other. because it was, as he would say, the, the one big, the one great goal left after mm -hmm. the South Pole has been reached. Mm. But it seems such a big jump yes from yes to go to the south pole through a completely unknown and also you, and can't, then, you can't do one without doing the other can you you can't cross without going <laughs> you have to achieve the first goal that he already hadn't achieved to do the, yes yeah yeah it's like two enormous yeah. expeditions and how So it's a bit of a big question. No, it's a good question. I guess. I like the question. They, we'll never know the answer, but no. we, I think that um, the timing is interesting because you had Scott and Amundsen had had their 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 sort of jewel for the South Pole, and Shackleton had missed out on that because he'd he'd previously tried. Yes. And then it was too late for him to try again. Yes. So then he needed a new goal. Yes. But you're right. Why? Why? But his goal could also have been yeah. to reach the South Pole and come back alive. Of course. Yeah. As, As the, the first, first British. First British person. Yes. That's true. That's true. So there, I sometimes wonder. Yeah. I also understand. Like I would have. He's fascinating because the same. I always think it's interesting because he didn't achieve any of his goals. <laughs> Not in the format that he planned them. <laughs> Yeah, you know, all of it, with with um, with the initial expedition when he went with Scott, he was very ill and he came back early. And then on the Nimrod, he he got ninety seven miles from the South yeah. Pole, 
and then in the endurance he had to completely change the plan yeah. because they got stuck in the ice yeah and then with quest is <laughs> the ultimate but yeah, yeah. but he, he did it well yeah like he's yeah. still known for his leadership skills i think yeah i think it's how he worked with his team he had a different um scott was very military wasn't he, he was very sort of yeah they were in regimented you know this is the captain this yeah. is and yeah whereas he i think shackleton leveled it out more yeah so he had respect for each person's skills and yeah different totally different um yeah so you is um can you tell us something unexpected that you have done or that uh, somebody interesting that you have met interesting thing because that's mm-hmm. it's like when I'm working on board the ships it's always summer mm. it's always light so I'm always very and that is the time when guests or come when people come to the Arctic and to course. the Antarctic yeah. so yeah. it's always those regions are always seen when it's light yeah. and experienced in the height of summer actually yeah. yeah so and what I like so much about living in the far north is the opposite. It's you get the winters, the other it's the dark. Yeah. And I always love telling about this because it's such a big part of the polar regions. Ah. But we don't we we very seldom can share it or show it. So um so maybe I would share some experience of the polar night. Yeah, nights. tell me something about the polar night. Yeah, I had um, the second winter I lived there I had uh, it was a very interesting winter because I as I moved to Spitsbergen. Uh-huh. It was it was summer, so yeah. it was co- completely bright all the time. There it is from mid-April to late August. The sun doesn't set. Mm-hmm. And then I got quite fascinated by that, and I thought like, oh, what if I would just be on a mountaintop for many months without the time? Uh, how would my rhythm be? Like, mm-hmm. how would I live without a clock mm-hmm. if only if it was always bright? But then I also realized that, well, but I would still be able to see the sun. So I would have a sense of time and I would have a sense of what is day and what is night. So what if I would do it in a polar night in complete darkness? And then I got a bit scared. I was like, no, I cannot be on my own in the polar night for such a long time. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It scared me a bit. And that's mm-hmm. always where I get interested in something. Yeah. When I'm scared <laughs> and not sure. That's, I'm, yeah, that's great. That's good attitude. Yeah, yeah. I think. I yeah, because you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Yes, and there's a curiosity because that's Mm -hmm. where you wonder if you're actually able to do it and then you get curious. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the same with Mm -hmm. if you think through art, Mm -hmm. like the point where you don't understand something, that's the point where you have to make it. Yeah. Not if you have thought out the whole concept. I think that's very interesting. But when you are not sure... And the little bit of fear can really help, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because there is that's curiosity. Mm. Uh, So I got very curious and scared. (laughs) And then um, that winter, I asked um, I asked a friend of mine to lose me Mm -hmm. in a hut. So he, in the dark in a polar night, he brought me to a hut Mm -hmm. with my dog, and I didn't. He didn't tell me when he would come to pick me up. Wow. So and I took all the food with me for about three months. Like you never know how long uh-huh. it would take. And then I was there in the hut without a clock, so without knowing the time, without having any reference That's to amazing. outside world. 
and I was very curious how how I would sleep, when I would eat, uh-huh. when I would be outside, when not. But what I didn't, and uh-huh. but I had my dog with me, which yeah, yeah. was of course a little bit of a sort of connection to the yeah. yeah. It was always any time I woke up, he would be happy and we would go <laughs> out. Yeah. But it was very dark. It's completely black there. It's you don't you really don't see a difference wow. between day and night. So before I was quite yeah I was curious how that would be. Yeah. But uh, and I was quite prepared to be confused and not uh-huh. well that it would be difficult a long polar night but you always hear it's depressing lack of light not not, not <laughs> a lot of energy yeah but the thing I didn't think about was that if you don't have a reference nothing is strange so yes. I didn't have yes. a reference of the normal world okay yes I didn't have like something to compare to mm-hmm. so I didn't know I you didn't know if I slept it. four yeah. hours or ten I didn't yeah. know if I ate three times a day or ten times, well, not ten times, but I didn't (laughs) know. So everything just became quite natural, strange. Completely natural, yeah. Yeah. And that was a very interesting experience. That's a great social experiment, so yeah. But it was so interesting to to realize like, oh, okay, I don't have a reference. Uh I'm not comparing it to what is normal. Yeah. So it becomes normal. Yeah. And that was very... um, but still, of course, I, I found the rhythm. I found the rhythm. You find yourself a little bit more as well, maybe. Do you think you become more in touch with your own thoughts, or? Well, there's so much time. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, enormous luxury to not relate to anything yeah. from the outside world. Wow. So because you have time, yes, you come. But it's also just very practical. You have to melt snow. <laughs> and, uh, there's no electricity, yeah, no yeah, water, nothing. You had to so, look after yourself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. melt snow. Uh, oh, thanks for sharing yeah. that. That's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's so perfect. That was, that That's was a, another. That is the perfect answer to our unexpected truth. Yeah. We have had all sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. I still think of it as a luxurious Special time. Because time. I didn't yeah. know, and I also didn't know, like, and, like now when we yeah. travel, it's very clear. We go over the trip to yeah. Antarctica, we are in Antarctica, mm-hmm. we're going back. It's like it's a beginning, yeah, it's a middle, yeah, it's yeah. an end. Yeah, you got the Which, reference points. Yes, yeah. but yeah. I also didn't know when he would come pick me up. <laughs> if I was in the beginning of something, yeah. in the middle, so I just had to live. As so if, how long were you there? Uh, for about two months. Two months. Yeah, yeah. and then suddenly no contact. Came, no contact at all, no phone. I had the yeah. emergency, yeah, the emergency. Beacon, but yeah, yeah. no contact, wow. no time, nothing. Excellent. No. That's great. I love that. It was a very. very I'm quite jealous, really. That experience. I'm, I'm That's jealous a really good experience. <laughs> You're jealous of, yeah. jealous of yourself. Yes. Of that time. <laughs> of that time. When it was, it was possible. It was to a very say, special like, time, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this one's a bit more fun. Yes. E for emergency rations. So, which would be your absolute favorite food that you have to take with you to Antarctica, or or if you dream about it, if you went, like, would it be the yeah. only food? If you were only, or? yeah, if you could only have one food, which would be your your dream food? Would I don't mo- have would anything motivate else. You. Well, as a, as a as a treat, as oh, a special as a treat. treat. I was yes. going to say oatmeal. Oh, oh, oh you you have That's oatmeal. My basis. You can live off oatmeal. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did during Corona. But is that is <laughs> <laughs> you just done it every day? Oatmeal. Okay, so oatmeal is your more no more of your uh, your basic one. But yeah. what, would you have like a, a food that you would maybe dream about? Did I would dream about? Let me see. Is there something you what absolutely, absolutely love? love? <laughs> uh, I, I absolutely love coffee. Coffee? Oh, yeah. I know. Go on. Just 
very simple chips. Chips. Crisps. Crisps. Yeah, yeah, we say crisps. Yes, that's a treat. Yeah, yeah. So you like it when she puts a few bowls of crisps out? No, well, then I'm asleep. (laughs) Of course, you're normally asleep. But she's very, she (laughs) is hiding a bit behind the bar. So during the night, we get some. Yeah, a beer and crisps are a big treat. Okay, good. uh, So if you had oatmeal and crisps, you'll survive. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Right, so that's that. And, and then, a beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a beer. So we've got uh, E, uh, S. So a special item. Is there a special item you always have with you when you travel? Yes. Mm-hmm. Always. I, like, I think you like your camera, don't you? You have your camera, but I don't know if there's any. Yeah, but is that's any, related yeah, to work. Yeah, is there any special sort of... What I bring when I yeah. go on a ship is uh, tea. Tea? <laughs> tea and oatmeal, tea. actually. The more I oatmeal. Bring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You can't have oatmeal as the answer for every question. Yeah, I can. It's, <laughs> it's a very... Um, yeah. It's just a basis. Yeah, okay. Basis. And I have a, a small... I have a, a whale that I use as a pillow. Which I take. Oh, excellent! Yeah, just because I know that my shoulders. Oh, that's quite, nice. When it's a lot of. We haven't can had. Be a bit we haven't had whale pillow before as an answer. Yeah, that's, so that's a good it. answer. Yeah. So, yeah. Because it it's, uh, it fits it here, and then I know that my neck will. Okay. Not not. Hurt. So that actually I do <laughs> yeah. bring. Always have your whale like pillow. A, I like yes. that. Which whale is it? It's a combination. <laughs> it looks like a humpback and a seal. Beautiful <laughs> combination there. Okay. And then T, finally, your thoughts about Antarctica. So why do you think it's such a special place? My thoughts about Antarctica. It's impossible to put into words, but... (laughs) People often ask me, like, what do you prefer? Mm -hmm. The Arctic or the Antarctic? Mm -hmm. And then I, for me, it's very, like, very clear because the the Arctic is my home. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Spitsbergen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that's a big difference with the Arctic that there people are living. Mm-hmm. There is with the warm Gulf Stream and with the climate there, you are able to live in the Arctic. When you come to the Antarctic, you know that you will leave. Mm-hmm. It's not a place where you will live. It's a wilderness. It's a place you will yeah. visit. Yeah. Where you come and where you leave, and which is completely, which exists completely mm. without you. Mm. It's a different scale, the Antarctic, like the mountains and the glaciers mm-hmm. and the icebergs. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's always it's really for me the place beyond the end of the world, yeah. where we go yeah. and then we come back, mm-hmm. and where we try to carefully visit mm. and come back, respectfully visit. Yeah. yeah. That's why I But learned. it is a place. It's, yeah. it's further away than the Arctic, even though when I mean, you look at the the, the latitude, uh-huh. it's not. No. It's, uh, it's just harder it's much to get closer, to. but yeah. it's uh, with a Drake in between and mm-hmm. with the fact that it's not. Well, it's a home for researchers, but it will never be a home for someone. It's mm-hmm. a place where. And even go. the researchers is temporary. It's temporary. Even they're there yeah. for 10 years, but they're still yeah. temporary. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. So, thanks for listening. Uh, To find out more about the Request 2021 project and how you can support and follow our progress, 
just visit our website on www.request2021.org.uk. So that's www.request2021.org.uk. And please give this podcast a review on iTunes. Uh, Share it out and spread the word to anyone you know who's interested in scouting and Antarctica. Thank you.